Wanya, and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is season two of the podcast, and we're so excited to bring you 30 new guests over 30 fresh episodes. Now, these episodes wouldn't be possible unless, of course, we had sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Talcha Technology. Talcha Technology is an indigenous business specializing in IT design, website integration, and app development, among other things. The name Talcha comes from the founder, Alan Holmes' great-great-grandmother, Maria Talcha, a bachelor woman also known as Queen Maria of Childers. She was a key figure in the community post-colonization and was one who always brought the gold out of people around her, both black and white. Alan aims to have his business create a legacy of bringing the gold out of everyone around him, both black and white. So it was no um, problem having Alan sponsor this because the ethics and values perfectly aligned. So thank you, Alan, and thank you, Townshire, and all the guys and girls for all the hard work and the sponsorship towards the podcast. Now sit back and enjoy this episode and make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to the channel, and uh, most of all, enjoy. G'day and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. And before we start, I'd like to welcome you to Country Wanya. Welcome to Cubby Cubby Country here on the Sunshine Coast is where I am recording from. My grandfather's uh, country, who was a Cubby Cubby man and a South Sea Islander man. And speaking of Islanders, my guest today is Brian Joyce, um, or known as BJ, is a good friend of mine. I met him many years ago when I was on the tools as a young fella, and we've stayed in contact uh, ever since. Uh, Brian is a man from PNG, um, well, actually a bit further than that, or disputed, or I don't know. Brian can clean that, clear that up for me, uh, because my uh, you know knowledge of that area is, uh, isn't too sharp. So thank you so much for coming on, uh, BJ. Thanks for having me, Isaac. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, much, um, loving what you're doing loving what you're doing excellent i love um all the stuff you do i followed your journey uh for a while and i'd love to um get into some of the ventures that you've done especially in fashion um you know side hustle with uh modeling um and then also your, your day job and then also i think going back to country and some of the developments there i know you mentioned about family having plantation and and business mm. back on back in the island so i'd love to hear how that works in with like sovereignty how that works in with like the rest of Papua New Guinea Solomon Islands and culture um, and yeah. an access to capital because you know we hear people talking about the islands are, um, are sinking but so where does that you know put the, the islanders who are like well this is the only thing we've known so but we'll get into that but first yeah. of all uh, if you want to explain where's your mob from and you know where did you grow up so um so you'll have to excuse the dog in the background <laughs> So I was I was born in in the eastern highlands of Papua New Guinea, um, a, a little town called Garoka. Um, now that's not actually where I'm from. Mum is from um, an island called uh, Bougainville, which is off the mainland um, to the north of, um, of of Port Moresby, which is the capital of Papua New Guinea. Um, we were well, my dad was, my father was Australian. Um, so we, we sort of grew up in, in Garoka. That dad was working there at the time as a general manager of a, of a coffee company called Gona. And mum was working for the NRI, which is a natural, natural, national research 
Institute up there. So I spent about seven years, I think, up there in the Eastern Highlands province, which was um, amazing. It was an amazing time. It, um, like, it's, it was still, still a remote region, so it wasn't overly developed back then. Yeah. And I'm talking, I mean, like, this is 83 and onwards, so <laughs> it, was, uh, it was still quite fresh, um, but just amazing country. Amazing people as well. We, we, yeah. we were, had the opportunity to, to um, connect with a lot of people up there, locals especially as well. Um, so, you know, we were, we were spending time in the villages. We were, you know, like this, obviously Papua New Guinea is, it's a very diverse island nation. There's over 800 different dialects. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, so it's very different everywhere you go from the coastal villages to yeah. up into the highlands, you know. Yeah. So, so when you're saying uh, diverse with, you know, Papua New Guinea, is that with, in regards to, you know, the culture, the language, the protocols, if you're going up to a highland tribe, it's a very different protocol than if you yeah. were by the sea. Definitely, definitely is. It, there's, there's, um, it's so strange because it's, it's not a giant land mass, but I mean, yeah. over 800 different dialects. That's, I'm pretty sure it's like the most in the world. Um, when you see the land mass, you can see why that they, there's over 800 different dialects because it's separated by ranges and rivers and, you know, yeah, wow. it's yeah. just, um, it's an amazing country though, you know, like amazing. So we, we spent a lot of time up in the Highlands when we were younger, um, which was great. You know, dad was a, a, um, a keen bushwalker. So we were, we spent a lot of time, you know, in the bush and there was really good treks up there. Yeah. Wow. Um, and after that, we moved to uh, the sunny coast. Yeah. The sunny so, coast. And yeah. How old were you when you moved to the sunny coast? Yeah, that was a, probably in 92 or something. So yeah. I would have been nine, yeah, yeah. eight. But um, that was very different, you know. I yeah. I had spent a lot of time, um, I mean, we, you know, obviously my grandparents lived in outside of Melbourne, a little place called Dunkeld. Uh, it's not yep. just that part of Melbourne, but it's if anyone familiar, it's near Ballarat. That can be your reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so was amazing. We we visit my grand grandparents there almost every year, so I was familiar with um, you know, what Western sort of life was like. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, obviously we went to an international school, um, yep. but we were very much surrounded by, you know. Uh, obviously Papua New Guinea so uh, we we were speaking yeah. at, in English at school obviously English at school but we um at home we'd speak you know a bit of English and a bit of um uh, pidgin which is like yeah. the sort of the main language that everyone speaks but then you've got your own dialects as well my mother's native tongue is called uh Masioi, which um you know we we would Usually, that involved her yelling at us in that language. <laughs> That's the way. And so you came. So Melbourne, you had that experience, and then so you, you come to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, Sunshine yep. Coast. Was, um, it was different, you know, because we were now a minority. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when I say we, I mean my my siblings and I, but and I, a twin brother and two older sisters. 
so that was the first time I experienced a lot of things, you know. Yeah. So yeah. My, the main thing being racism, that was huge. I experienced that because there was only another, there was only two other colored people in the school we went to and they were yeah, wow. Indian. Yeah. Um, Roy and Nina, I remember them, Birch, yeah. their last names. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it was different. It was very difficult um, to sort of adjust. Luckily, though, we we were able to to fit in quite well in regards to, um, you know, education wise things. There was a lot of things that just uh, it took a while to, to to pick up on. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like sports wise, we were just all over that (laughs) so so we're able to make good friends um you know that way so you know it took a while to 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 you know to find a rhythm but it was uh, it was a really great experience growing up there yeah i think the sunshine coast is so um you know so i moved back to country is it's so diverse you know Mm. um there's even more um i'm finding more indigenous people more black fellows on the coast now you know, yeah. in, our, in our football team, we've we've got about eight boys who are an indigenous playing soccer, um, yeah, and in Beerwas and the Glass House, and um, it was just different. And then when you get into the uh, main area and you go to the shops and you and you get out and about, it's uh, very. And yeah, last week I saw a Jewish a couple of Jewish guys, so I went and introduced myself and right, you know, sussed out what they're going on. They were saying we're looking to start some sort of synagogue up here and. It was just okay. incredible how much has changed. I mean, it's the third fastest, I think, growing economy in Australia um, mm. at the time of this recording. Um, it's just incredible. But yeah, like you said back then and where I grew up in Harvey Bay, very similar. You are the minority. Um, yes. And, you know, being Indigenous as well, it's like, this is my country. How how odd is it to be the minority on your own country? Um, it's just incredible. Um, so right. you finish... Um, school did you go to uh university and one other thing i'd like to ask is when did the uh the fashion stuff you know start to happen when did the uh, rolling career start happening that's, that's what we really want to know that's what we came here for oh right right um <laughs> i so i moved to brisbane and finished school in brisbane um and um yeah, graduated, went to university. I studied environmental planning of all things. Yep. And did not like that at all. I think it wasn't even a semester and I was like, I'm out of it. I'm out of here. <laughs> I cannot do this. Um, um, and then I, I started working in bars. Yeah. 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 Um, I got, the, leading into the whole fashion thing, I got scouted by an agency yeah um while i was working behind a bar and i and and so for us less um genetically blessed how how (laughs) does that work to be scouted while working at the bar how someone just comes up and drops you a card and says mate you're in come down to this address look i think she had had a number of drinks so that might have helped (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> might have helped my case um so yeah and she pretty much said have you done any modeling before i said no yeah. well not 
I haven't. And she just sort of explained, um, you know, what it was I'd heard and about stuff and I'd seen obviously yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and she sort of said, come in to this office on this day and yeah, as they say is history. Uh, <laughs> wow. There you go. And has it been a, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, I think GQ or one of those, uh, recently had a friend of mine's son, uh, Scott McCartney's son, I think involved, but I think indigenous modeling and models are becoming more mainstream. Oh yeah. Look, definitely. Which is, which is amazing. Yeah. It's huge. Rightly so too. I mean, in for Australia, look, I'm no, I just do, this is like a side hustle for me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not I say, is it, is it when people do that as a side hustle or they could, they could go full time, right? Is there'd be enough work and income. Can you do that? Is that possible? Or is it sort of like the arts, you know, where it's sort of hit and miss and then only a top 10% really benefit. Yeah. There's, there's, um, well, for females, I mean, you have to, there's only like a, a select few that are really top level international type, you know, um, yeah. male is even harder. So I literally, when I signed, I was like, you know, you go to castings, you, you might get a job or you might not, but yeah. you know, you yeah. sort of woke up and yeah, it, it was, you know, I started landing a few gigs here and there and it got a bit more like bigger stuff. So, you know, it, it, and there's times when it's just, when there's nothing, you know, so. Yeah, I, I could yeah. never do it full time. I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people, there's a lot of, especially younger females that are like, I'm going to be a full time model, but yeah. I, you know, that's, that's not the case for everyone. You, I just you get, you get hit with the reality stick and you're like, okay, I got to go get a job. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I so, think yeah. the best plan is having a, I think plan B is sort of what you're saying there, having the, uh, yeah, well, the, the not even a plan B. I mean, this. That for me was always like, a, okay, I'm going to put anything before this because, yeah, you know, you, that, that work's not guaranteed unless you're someone like um, Tyson Beckford or something. Yeah, I don't even know <laughs> or, who that is. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like so, it, it's, it's well known. It happens now um, with like you, you know, doing that. And then I think you also had a venture. I think you were in, in fashion for a while there. So you're yeah. looking like industry. Yes, um, I, a, I, a popular online retailer. That's I right. You I, mentioned or you, or you don't, but um, you know that experience. You know, how many years did you do that for? I was in that role, so I was the general manager of a a quite a successful online boutique, fashion boutique, female fashion boutique. Um, yep. Had three stores in Queensland, flagships, uh, a flagship in Brisbane, yep. and um, big distribution center and head office here in Brisbane. That was an amazing experience. I had no real former um, background in, in, in fashion at all. My partner, yeah, well, she, she was like a visionary, you know, and she still yeah. um, is running that um, quite successfully. I had, yeah. I had experience in HR and in, you know, staff supervision and management from yeah. hospitality. Yep. So, you know, it worked out well that that I was able to look out for the sort of a HR internal side, general management type of yeah, yeah. stuff, and she would look out for the creative stuff, and it worked really well. You know, we we yep. came onto the scene when Facebook and Instagram had just 
you know, they they were not really platforms that were being used by businesses. Yeah, yeah they were just for people to yeah. shoot the photography shots and their dogs. That's right. So we rode that wave and man, it took off real quick. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that was an amazing experience. And I, I took so much knowledge away from that. Um, see, I'd only seen one side of the fashion industry and that was behind the lens, not behind, well, on the other side of the lens, like yeah, being yeah. And fashion shows and whatever, yeah. um, which I didn't really do whilst I was, you know, in, uh, in that role, in that yeah. role. Um, but yeah, I took away a lot from that. It was, it was, it was a really good experience. So, um, that led and me to after that, um, cause I remember that's what I sort of, I knew that you were doing that and I think I moved to Melbourne. And, um, and then I see your Instagram blowing up with these turquoise waters and um, all these black faces and your black face and everyone's laughing and you're sitting around a meal eating turtle yeah. on the beach. No, not turtle. <laughs> just no, not turtle, not turtle. We, our cubby cubby eats turtle, so we'll just leave that. Oh. We don't hunt them um, uh, many years since we actually did because they're instinct, but um, yourself, uh, you know, on country back in the islands what, what was that about it was a bit of hiatus wasn't it you sort of i i really needed to to get back to my roots and and ground you know i'd sort yeah. of you know being exposed to a, an extremely successful business yeah you know the lifestyle was it was very fast paced you know at the time you, you just you're surrounded by um the, it's you know the culture is like uh, it's it's a that that upper sort of echelon of young yeah. successful entrepreneurs. I mean, you, they all catch up to they drink together and and what else? Yeah. All that stuff happens, and it was very. It's such a seductive lifestyle, and I I was not yeah. prepared for that, nor had I been warned. Um, and you know, a lot of people don't get yeah. warned about. It. You sort of just fall into it. You're like, wow. I actually, I remember calling you several times. <laughs> saying, hey, how's it going? You got some guidance for me? <laughs> because I think I'm straying off the, the righteous path. <laughs> but, um, I think it's so, I think refreshing hearing you say that because when you do hit a certain uh, threshold, your uh, company that you keep does change. And, and not because you become a snob that doesn't happen straight away that happens later but it's not because you know you intently try to get rid of people it's just because you're operating at such a high frequency and such a fast pace that you're yeah. just used to i need this got it done i need that jv partnership here bang all right i need that you're like you're just going 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 and mm. though you have a bigger income and you're starting to create assets um you don't even have a moment to really enjoy those things and I think yeah. what you've just said going back is um, we have that cultural compass which says, okay, great, I'm doing all these things, but am I really helping my mob? And am yeah. I helping my family? Like, am I really being who I want to be? And I think we have that identity to draw from. Um, like you said, no one warned you. Where I think if you get into it and you don't know who you are, it's very quickly that you'll just sort of morph into the, yeah. uh, you know, the consensus of those people in the <laughs> upper echelon. That's a hundred percent right. I couldn't agree more because I, I remember at times I would, you know, I, I was very depressed during that period. And you know, it, it was probably from someone on the outside looking in like, this guy is driving a Mercedes. He lives in a penthouse. Why is he depressed? All this kind of stuff, access to yeah. money and blah, blah, blah. But 
I started to drink heavily and that was, yeah. Wow. That was from, um, I was feel so guilty because I knew what was happening back home, you know, yeah. all my, my cousins back home that were in the village. I was like, well, what am I actually doing? Yeah. You know, to really benefit their lives. You know, we're traveling around the world and having holidays and whatever. Don't get me wrong. The, the, we worked hard, extremely hard. Yeah. But then, there was just always something deep down that I knew was not, that didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Um, and not that, you know, to take away from, I mean, there's a lot of people that live that way and they're happy like that. But for me, I just had something that was like, no, this is not you. Um, yeah. Ultimately, that's why I left the, that whole, um, you know, that part of my life. That's when that, the, 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 it was a very hard chapter to close, obviously, because, yeah. you know, step out of the business and part ways, yeah i think that's that's yeah the same with me it's you know when you do move on you are leaving it uh it might be a very frustrating and oppressive security net but it's still a security net you know to leave that and then to start something uh, new oh, it's yeah. yeah it's hard and i think when we go in there we look for that satisf satisfaction from accomplishing things mm. um, and we actually do it you're like oh i didn't you know i thought it'd be a little bit more satisfying than this but you realize when you look back growing up on the in the missions or out in the, in the bush and you've got the you know grass heart and you you know you're out mm. on dirt floors you realize those were satisfying times you know pulling your money to get some fish and chips or something like that that's what we used to do when you know growing up or having all the family over and putting mattresses on the floor in the queensland and it was like stinking hot yeah. you know, or, watch the, or to watch the you know state of origin it was so um satisfying and i think there's those those elements that i'm always like trying to find that indicator of like okay but am i happy am i satisfied am i getting up yeah. in the morning with purpose so so what happened yeah. so you take your ticket you say i'm out of here see us yeah. like in brisbane so oh, yeah. you know brisbane I, I don't know what do they call it what do they call it these days uh who knows, who knows? but it, i i was out i was straight up i went straight back to the village yep and um that's where you saw all those pictures and all those, all those, nice. the, the turquoise waters and the waterfalls and all that. I, it was so good to get back to the roots, you know, and yeah, it's just, it gives you so much perspective and, um, and it really levels you out, you know, it's like a recharge. Um, so I, I gained some, I, you know, I ask myself the question, well, what do I want to be doing? You know, that's yeah, going yeah. to make an impact. And look, it, that answer doesn't come straight away, but, you know, and still there's, there's a lot of unknowns, but it's just yeah. knowing that you're working towards something, having, having something, um, you know, as, your body must have just went through, you know, I had this slight thing when I spent a couple of weeks in my hometown, Harvey Bay from Melbourne, my body was so used to being so fast paced. Mm. I was like learning to slow down um, yeah. was like having to relearn that and just to be in the moment. And uh, I knew I, I finally adjusted. I finally adjusted when um, I had to get something from the shops and the shops are about six minutes drive. And I was like, ah, oh, they go to the shops, you know, can't be bothered. And I was like, oh no, it's got me. I've got, you know, I've got that sort of mentality back again where it's like, that's oh, too far. You know, I just want to, you know, stay at home. So um, or, you know, we'd go to the beach every day and it was just so lovely. Um, so what were you doing uh, on a day-to-day -day basis when you, when you went back to the island? And what island in particular was that? So, so the island's called, it's, it's Bougainville. Um, now, we've got 
cocoa plantations yeah. um, and an exporting business there. So, you know, I was spending time with my parents and my brother, my yeah. twin brother yeah. who is running the business now. Um, and yeah, literally I just sort of was working back in the family business here and there. I, mean, I didn't want to step on my yeah, brother's yeah, yeah. you know. So, so yeah. I was just pretty much a fly on the wall to begin with and, and really yeah. just pulling myself. I took off to yeah. up, up into the mountains and I stayed up there for a, a week or so, just away from everything. Yeah. No technologies, no power, no hot water, no nothing, just yeah. in the bush. Um, and that that's like, you know, coming from Brisbane to that, it's like quitting smoking cold turkey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, li- you literally have to, like, you know, I'm like, well, let, let me check my, hang on, there's no, there's no uh, network here, so I can't, yeah, that's it. Any, I can't get any data, you know? So yeah. I just spent time playing cards with my little cousins, like just talking to the older guy, older people in the village and getting yeah. back to those roots. It was amazing. And um, yeah, yeah, something I was like, really needed yeah. then i went back into sort of into town which isn't like big town but it's like yeah, a, yeah a bit more sort of um you know going on than, than the villages and i you know i was able to sort of yeah just help wherever my brother and um and dad and, and so yeah, what's it you know what's it like on that small scale you said you're exporting was that um to australia uh, or exporting to other um, markets yeah so there, there's a few um, clients in Australia that export direct to cocoa yeah. and the other um, there's cocoa and copra, vanilla yeah. um, a lot of bigger buyers from PNG buy from will buy from you know uh, yeah, business okay. yeah. Yeah. so yeah and like I, I sort of would you know use my knowledge and business background like experience in regards to sort of people management, just yeah. to, you know, see where I could make positive changes and obviously try to get that past my, my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it was, it was good. You know? It was really good seeing that side of it. So you got, and then, um, so you spent how long, a couple of years there, a year or two? Yeah, I was there for about two years. Yeah, and then, and then uh, what made you decide to come back? Well, I think I was, ready to sort of just yeah well firstly i i was only on a tourist visa so they <laughs> i had to come back <laughs> um so yeah i i had to pretty much leave but um i was ready to sort of start my own journey i started a consulting company to small to medium-sized enterprises mostly in e-commerce because that was yeah. my you know the last you know, six or seven years that had been my background. Yeah, that's and right. I knew yeah. it quite well. I, I'd built a successful yeah. business with my ex and I knew the ins and outs of it, had a good network. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I started doing that. Um, and that went for, like four, you know, about four years. And I, um, funnily enough, this just the end of last year, I started yeah. consulting to a totally different type of business. Um, which is in the uh, design architect landscape and pool sort of um, yeah. area. And uh, they offered me the general management role and I took that on board. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm at currently. And that, yeah, that as well has sort of changed 
Yeah. I mean, it's all a stepping stone, but for me, always being in nature back home, man, I have a very strong bond. And I think we all do, you know, indigenous, whether you're from the islands, Native American, there's the land is the mother, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's always, it's just an unspoken bond, you know, between the sea, between the land, between the rivers and the people of the land. You know, you respect it. You, 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 you do right by it. And I've always had that, you know, and there's always been this calling to me to be like, to do something bigger. Yeah. You know, um, one of the, uh, they call it a BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. Uh, yeah. Not sure I've heard that terminology before, but <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder, you know, I, I, every year that I'd go back to, home to Bogdan, I noticed more and more litter and rubbish in the rivers yeah. in the open. Yeah. I think, what's going on here? This is like, yeah, yeah painful you know that stuff is yeah yeah it actually like it hurt my heart to see this stuff yeah yeah um and you see it all over the across the globe you know there's a yeah. rubber pile floating in the middle of the pacific ocean sorry that's the size of what is it the size of a small country or something it's yeah yeah it's disgusting. so yeah. i was like man i gotta do something about this so yeah. something that i'm wanting to work towards obviously further on down the track is educating the locals because they don't know any better like the, the, yeah. the, the people that live there you know yeah, um we think oh it'll just this this yeah, right and, and banning people use plastic and styrofoam yeah. yeah you know it's all about education that's the main thing you, you, yeah. you know like you're you're handing it's, I, I honestly think with plastics and stuff you're handing these guys it's like a loaded gun you know yeah yeah it's like they're killing their own environment which is these places you know you've yeah. seen the pictures on you've, you've seen my yeah, whatever that's it and, and because it's so tied to a tourism industry you know industry it's like that's another economic uh downfall you're going to take people pull up and it's you know that's right dogs and you know <laughs> fish and <laughs> well, the special thing about bogenville is it's pretty much been closed off to the rest of the world for the last 20 years plus yeah well yeah um at one time, it had the largest open-cut gold and copper mine in the world on it. Yeah, um, wow. That was run by um, BCL, which is a subsidiary of Rio Tinto. Now, I'm not a big fan of them uh, yeah. at all, or any mining company for that matter. I don't think that there's a sustainable way to do that. You dig a hole in the ground. and like I've, I've been up to the mine several times. It's a yeah, big hole yeah. in the ground now, and it's just, yeah. you know, there's mercury leaking down the, the river systems and there's people that have been affected by it like you know yeah, mutations wow. um it's it's terrible but so the, oh. there, was a, there was a whole civil war that's a, like a really long story but it, it closed down to the rest of the world so in a sense it was good the country got to regenerate a bit you know because everything was just overgrown by the forest you know literally the forest took, yeah. took back what 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 um what what it owned you know yeah um but now it's slowly starting to see a bit more development and with that obviously you see the pollution the yeah, yeah. So I'm really aiming towards some sort of education program and there's there's lots of um you know places that do it, like four ocean is one they they do really yeah. huge cleanups there's so many places that um that do it so reaching out to them my brother and i have um i've got a sort of a a, a plan to to do that yeah. um 
but it's it's well, yeah. hopefully <laughs> i can get you once it's down the track i can get you in and you can maybe a couple of years you'll be doing that full time oh yeah. man yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely hope so with, with this with this role um that i've currently taken on um that that uh one of the things that i that i liked about it is the mission is integrating nature yeah you know into into like into people's homes you know like they they design and construct these amazing um projects that really make you feel like okay well i can't go and visit a forest but maybe i can make my backyard look like you know something that's that's it and i think that's like with the whole you know bush foods you know revolution that's happening and native you know propagation and then also people are understanding the native curves and trends and things in nature. You know, we see an Aboriginal art and people go, oh, it looks, oh, looks the same. But it's like, well, that's taken from nature. So those same themes um, can be put anywhere because that's all we're seeing. You know, mob is seeing animals and, and sand and pink lakes and blue oceans. And, and then they're putting it in, you know, capturing that. And that same thing can be done across... Um, you know what you're doing every day and what we do in our businesses bringing culture you know new zealand do it so well with you know yeah. um or, or canada with uh when the native american as well with having yeah. it just integrated in the airport the design the layout the flow of it you know we know things like feng shui and those sort of things so that's so good brother and I, I can't you know it's such a crazy journey going from you know being scouted in a in a pub modeling and then ending up in you know e-commerce and then going overseas and then now you're over at your job now but so what do you you know you just explain a bit what you you see your future but what do you see like up in the islands you know the whole of Papua New Guinea I know you've got you know West Papua and those things as well that are happening but you know what do you see happening across all the islands look I think it's a it's a very volatile situation at the moment you know a lot of these islands, I mean, you look at what's happening across the globe now, yeah. the, um, the unsettled state in the US, um, what China's doing, things yeah. are, are, are set to change massively. And there is a lot of things happening behind the scenes that no one sees or yeah. might, might see it, but they don't take notice. Like nothing's being done about it. You've got these superpowers like India and China and stuff that, all of a sudden you hear like, well, they just bought this port or they just bought that port. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how can another country own a port? That that is like beyond me. Because they loan them this, they loan them yeah, the like, ton of money and say, so, Well, yeah. if you can't pay it back, which they definitely can't, like these small Pacific yeah. islands, they can't pay this stuff like this. So we'll we'll take the airstrip, we'll take the port, we'll take this and that. And, and of course there's no say in it. They they, they have to give it up. So it's very, it's a, it's a very dangerous situation, you know. I, I, I don't know. I try to stay positive about it, but I honestly think, yeah. uh, you know, it, and, it, yeah. it, like it's like you say, about, yeah, the pollution is something as simple as pollution and understanding why that's really damaging to the environment, and then you've got political pollution and oh, yes. spiritual that's, and yeah, corruption yeah. And, yeah. and all those things mixed in. Anyone who's grown up around the islands or even even communities, we know, you know, people, you know, uh, sort of that nepotism getting poured and then, you know, cousins get put into positions of power. And that's yeah. like you just said, that, that your country, you know, went into a 20-year 
civil war and it was sort of a hermit state like uh, Korea was at some stage during history. Mm -hmm. And then they've sort of reopened again. And I think, like you said, it's the next generation where we understand the whole wider world that's around us and yeah. what, you know, what the powers are, you know, that, that are there and then start deciding and designing a future that we want for ourselves and our children, because yeah, yeah without that, it's, it's sort of by default, we'll just go to whoever has the most money and power. That's right. You know, and one of the other, you know, big BHAGs, big hairy, a big hairy, audacious goal that yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's that I want it down again in case someone just listened. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what? Uh -oh. <laughs> um, is especially for Bogan because the population is about two hundred thousand. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 manageable. So you can, you know, in regards to a, a test environment for yeah. whether it be the rest of Papua New Guinea or the Solomon Islands or the rest of the Pacific. I would really, I think, the key in the change is education. Yeah. So rewriting the whole education system, teaching at a grassroots level, at the very entry level, the importance of, um, you know, the power that these small islands have and that the islands yeah. in the Pacific have and that, 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 that the landowners have over anyone that wants to come in. Yeah, that's yeah. Like they can't just, at the moment, there's not that education that's coming. So anyone yeah. that waves a bit of cash is getting their way. Yeah, and by anyone, I'm talking about you know international mining companies, whether they yeah. be from Europe, America, Asia, yeah, even Australia. You know, that's yeah. the type of thing. Once we educate these, you know, our children, you know, and the, the the younger generations, they will have the ability to make more informed decisions and say, well, you know, yeah, we've actually right. got more negotiating powers because we know that we yeah. um, you need us more than we need you. Yeah, hundred percent. They can. They've lived their lives, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of years undisturbed. Yeah, and they're fine, you know. Until it's amazing, we our mob just have not had reasons to produce weapons of mass destruction. That there wasn't, yeah. there wasn't a reason to want to kill my neighbor, so I went and developed, you know, a whole science industry behind it. But that yeah. we knew that country looks after us if we look after yeah. country. Um, yeah. Or the you know creation, the earth is a is a creature. And, you know, we got, we were in charge of caring for that. And if we did right, then we were, you know, looked after, you know, it's just crazy. You know, I look at the Glasshouse Mountain in, in Tipperagan has the old fellow's face on it. And it's not any mm. Aboriginal, you know, it's not any human being. It's an Aboriginal face, you know, it's, mm. just, it's written in the sand. It's written everywhere. So, but yeah. thanks so much for coming on, brother. We could probably talk for, for an hour. So we have to yeah, we you back on to share more. <laughs> about what you're doing um, and where you, you know, what have you been up to? But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Brian Joyce. And hopefully I can um, put on a nice little ad with your um, blue steel face. So make sure oh, you through to me and uh, I'll, I'll do justice. I'm a great graphic designer. I'll, I'll look after you. So yeah, Photoshop it all. <laughs> Thanks brother. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Thanks.